This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ Northwest Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 1708 Elm Springs Road in Springdale, Arkansas. Good morning, everyone. It's great to see everyone's wonderful faces today. Um, today I'll be speaking to you about Christian growth. A common phrase that people say every year is, New Year, New Me. We hear it all the time, you know, maybe sarcastically or literally. But another year has come and gone, and have we grown as Christians? Are we better today than we were this time last year? It's the last week of January, and many of us have already failed our resolutions. I know I have. I mean, we set goals to challenge ourselves as Christians. We set goals to better ourselves mentally, physically. We work out more, we eat better, healthier. We set out to read more books. And this is a pro, but yet many of us forget that the Christian must also set goals for their spiritual life. Their spiritual bodies must grow as well. And this is a problem for the Christian because one of our Christian duties is growth. Multiple times, Paul and Peter tell the brethren, why aren't you growing in your faith? We're having to teach you the basics again and again. And this poses a danger to the Christian because they'll be in danger of falling back into their old ways. As Christians, we seek to be holy, to be righteous, to be perfect, not for our glory, but for the glory of Christ. We need to understand that it is a necessity for us to grow in our faith. faith. As the old adage says, if you're not growing, you're dying. A Christian not growing is in danger of returning back to his old ways, returning back to bondage. The Bible says in Galatians 4.9, But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunto ye desire to be in bond, be again, be, to be in bondage? Paul here was concerned for the Galatians. He was concerned that they were turning away from the faith. These brethren weren't growing in their faith, and they were turning back to their old ways of worshiping false idols, of worshiping worldly elements, as Paul says. But remember, these are the same Galatians that Paul said later in the, in the, in the letter, ye did run well. So these Galatians were growing, but for whatever reason, they stopped growing and stopped obeying the truth. Many of these brothers and sisters were being turned away to other quote-unquote gospels. It even sounds like Paul was frustrated with these brethren. In, the, in, the, in Galatians, he says, I'm afraid that all my work has been in vain over you. Everything I've been doing up to this point has been pointless. So it goes to show us that we may run well for a while, but once we stop running, once we stop pursuing after the Christian faith, we'll be in danger of being turned away to the weak and beggarly elements again. Unfortunately, these Galatians were unfit for the kingdom of God. The, uh, Jesus says in Luke 9:62, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. The Christian life has um, intentionality. It's, it's, it's got, you've got to be moving forward. It's not, oh, I'm saved now. I don't, I don't have to do anything. I can sit back and relax and wait for Christ to come back. We need to be doing something. We need to be moving forward as this farmer was plowing his fields. The only way to go was forward. 
And that's what Paul tells us as well. He says that he must forget those things that are behind and reach for those things that are in front. He is striving for that prize. And Jesus gives us a warning for those who are unfit for the kingdom. The Bible says in Luke 14, salt is good. But if the salt hath lost its savor, wherewith shall it, be, shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land, nor yet for the dunghill. But men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Salt is very beneficial. It, 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 it seasons our food. It makes it taste better. It, uh, um, it preserves things. That's what they used it for back then. They preserved certain uh, artifacts and stuff like that with salt. So, but once salt has lost its benefits, Jesus says it is pointless. There's, it doesn't benefit anything. It doesn't benefit the land. It doesn't benefit the food. It doesn't do anything. So men just throw it out. They get rid of it. And the same is the Christian without their Christian virtues, without their fruits of the spirits. Let us not be as the lukewarm Christians that God just spews out of his mouth. So keep in mind that growth is not also, it's not a, a numbers thing. It's not how many we can baptize. Because not everyone is meant to baptize. Remember, some sow, some water, but ultimately God gives the increase. But know that we are all working in God's field. So let us not grow in complacency in our Christian walk. Now let's take some time to compare the immature babe in Christ to the mature, more complete Christian. The immature Christian will be unable to receive strong doctrine. If we never mature as Christians, we will never be able to understand, to grasp the, the difficult subjects that we need to be taught on. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 and 2, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. Paul says, I have fed you with the foundations of Christ. And I'm still having to do it because you're not able to consume, to understand the things I really need to talk to you about. On multiple occasions, Paul and Peter say the same thing. We can't talk to you, we can't speak to you of the things that we want to speak to you about because you won't understand it, you won't grasp it. Paul in this verse in this passage even says, I could even talk to you as Christians, as spiritual. I have to talk to you as worldly people, people of the flesh, carnal. It would be like trying to teach a one-year-old to read the Bible. He'll hear what we're saying. He'll hear the words, but he won't be able to understand a word that we're saying. We have to work up our way to that phase with the child. We must teach him the alphabet and simple words and simple sentences until it gets more complex and then he'll be able to understand and read the Bible for himself. The babe in Christ is still needing to be taught the ABCs of Christianity, which means they won't really have a strong, a, be able to stand firm in the faith. They'll be unstable in their faith. The Bible says in Ephesians 4.14 that we hence, that we hence more be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. An immature Christian, a babe in Christ, is not able to stand firm in their faith 
because there are many wolves and sheep's clothing out in the world. I mean, in today's age, we have access to everything, to every religion, every religious teaching, religious teacher, and they're all very persuasive in their beliefs. I mean, I see it every day, these men and women using their charisma to lure people in. You can live your best life now. You, can, you, you don't have to do anything for your salvation. Just accept Jesus into your heart. The more you give us, the more you will be blessed. You see, and the babe in Christ will just jump to the next popular doctrine that they like, and they'll leave the doctrines that they don't like. The immature Christian is as a baby being handed off from one person to another. The babe in Christ is also unable to teach others. The Bible says in Hebrews 5, 12, for when, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become, as, as, become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. I'm not telling you that everyone must be able to teach publicly, but in a sense that every Christian should be able to teach one another. It is important because every, teach, every Christian must be a teacher and be able to disciple others. I mean, the older couples uh, teaching the younger couples about godly marriages, parents, mothers, and fathers teaching their children in the home, Christians discipling new Christians in the faith. I mean, uh, Titus even tells us that the aged women teach the younger women and uh, the aged men teach the, the younger men. We have a responsibility as Christians to teach. But unfortunately, the immature Christian is un unable to teach others because they are still needing to be taught themselves. And this is a problem because we can't stay ignorant forever. We can't stay a child forever. We must eventually mature as Christians and in order to do that, the Christian must put away childish things. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. <clears throat> Here Paul was comparing the knowledge we have now to the knowledge we'll have when we're in heaven. To the example of him as a child and us later as an adult. As children, we have certain feelings about certain things. Certain things get our attention, shiny things, loud things, right? We had plans for our, how our lives would turn out. One of the most common questions we ask, ask children, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? A lot of them say astronauts, you know, professional athletes, musicians, actors, actresses, stuff like that. But when we mature, we begin to realize that maybe the ideas we had when we were a child really aren't realistic. You know, maybe vegetables really aren't as bad as we thought. Broccoli might look a little weird, but it's pretty good. Maybe going to the league to play football or baseball aren't realistic. So we put away those childish things because we understand what is truly important in our life. We know that we, it is important for us to seek after righteousness. And that is what Paul was saying here in this verse. I mean, I'm still learning to put away childish things. I'm still growing in my faith. When I see a shiny bass boat, how do you know? I get distracted. I want that boat more than anything. But the mature Christian does not let the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, choke the word out of them. Paul is talking about comparing the knowledge we have here and uh, here on earth 
to the knowledge we'll have in heaven. How we thought the things that were so important to us now, they will be like childish thoughts when we're in heaven. The cars, the money, the house, all that stuff, we will look back and laugh and think. Just we thought they were so important to us at the time. But in heaven, we will know what truly is important. So the mature Christian learns to put away childish things. The mature Christian also seeks after the word. In 1 Peter 2, 2, the Bible says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. A healthy baby naturally seeks after its mother's milks. It even cries when it is hungry. When was the last time that we got upset because we weren't able to, to read God's word, to dig into God's word? I mean, I don't know about you, but, about, but me, I just say, I'll put it off tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Tomorrow comes, and the next day comes, and before you know, it's been a whole week, and I even touched my Bible. But the mature Christian has a desire, has a longing, a need to pursue after the word of God. We should be as the psalmist when he says in Psalms 42, 1, As a deer pants for flowing stream, so plants my soul for you, O God. In Psalms 84, 2, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Psalms 143, 6 says, I stretch forth my hands unto thee. My soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty land. It is only through God's word we will truly grow and mature as Christians. A good example of the mature Christian is as a tree planted by the water in Jeremiah 17. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit." The mature Christian knows that when the heat comes, her leaves will be green. When the drought comes, he, she will still be fruitful. It is through, wor- through the word is how we mature as Christians, how we prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The mature Christian also strives to be like Christ. We know that we're not supposed to conform to the, to the image of the world or to the world, but to instead conform to Christ's image, to His image. There's a story of a heavy-set woman who, um, who went to a diet and exercise clinic. She, she was wanting to lose weight. And the first, in the first meeting with the instructor, um, the instructor stood up and in front of a mirror, he drew a shape of, that, of the shape that she, would, that she wished to become. And as she stood in the front of the mirror, she bulged over the silhouette. The instructor said, the goal is to fit you into that shape. Weeks go by, and she decreases in size, but she still overflows. She's still a little bit too big to fit into the shape that she wishes to become. Until one day, to her amazement and the amazement of others, she eventually is able to fit into that shape. You see, we as Christians, we need to chip away at ourselves to be able to fit into the shape of Christ. Christ is our silhouette. He is our example. He is our standard. He is the shape that we are all trying to fit into. Right? The Bible says in Ephesians 4.13, Till we come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, 
unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The mature Christian strives to be the most Christ-like he can be. The mature Christian knows that he must learn how to love how Jesus loved, to talk like Jesus talked, to think like Jesus thought, and to walk as Jesus walked. He measures himself to the stature of that of Jesus. Although we may never be able to, to get to that place, to be completely like Jesus, we can strive to be the most Christ-like we can be while here on earth. The mature Christian also overcomes his temptations. The Bible says in 1 John 2.14, I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. The mature Christian is strong and able to better overcome his temptations. This verse tells us exactly how to do that. It is by the word abiding in you. We just studied or we just, um, just looked at how Jesus is our standard. Jesus is our standard in overcoming temptations. In Matthew 4, Jesus, after he was baptized, he departed into the wilderness. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And on the 40th day, he was tempted by the tempter. But Jesus... He overcame those temptations using the word of God. Each time Satan tempted him, Jesus said, it is written, it is written, it is written. God's word is our source and strength to overcome temptation. So let's compare the immature, the babe in Christ, and is unable to receive the strong doctrine. He is unstable in his faith, unable to teach others. But the mature Christian must put away those childish things, seek, have a desire for the word must strive to be the most Christ-like he can be. He must overcome his temptations. I'm sure there's many more in the Bible of the mature and the immature, the babe in Christ. But these are the ones that got my attention. So how do we go from being this immature Christian to this more mature, more complete Christian in Christ? Just like anything in life, there are requirements for things to grow. For us as humans, we, we, we must be nourished, we must be fed. Plants as well, they have requirements for them to grow. First and foremost, in order to grow, we need to be free of disease. Hattie, she loves plants. If she could have the whole house covered in plants, she would. If she ever noticed any spots on one of her plants, she would do anything, everything, to prevent that plant from dying. And the same should be for us, because disease, illness, sickness slows down and even stops growth. Sin is that disease that stunts and kills our Christian growth. If we want to grow freely, we must be free of sin, for we are a new creature, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Christ died for our sins, and we have put, those, we have put to death our sins as well. And we have been risen up in the new life as a new creature. Who we don't want to be like is the seed that was sown among thorns. In the parable of the sower, the sower sows along the wayside, and some birds come and eat the seed. They, the sower sows among some stony places, some stony ground, and they are burned up by the sun. But in, there's those that are sown among thorns. And Jesus tells us what that means in Matthew 13, 22. 
He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. If you want to grow as Christians, we must get rid of the, of the disease called sin. In order to grow, we must be fed and nourished as well, both physically and spiritually. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes, newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. The word of God is how we grow as Christians. It's how we know God's will. It's how we know what sin is. It's how we know how to better be a Christian, the Christian virtues. And we must also know that the appropriate food must be required for the appropriate Christian. The newborn the newborn babe in Christ is, re is still requiring milk, as Paul said. The more mature Christian is required of meat. We must have a longing for this food, for, this, uh, for, this, for God's word. We must exercise in order to get strengthened. In order to grow, we need to exercise. For, uh, in 1 Timothy 4.8, the Bible says, But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself toward godliness. <clears throat> it is not enough to stop practicing evil, but we need to exercise ourselves towards godliness. For example, a baby learns to crawl or gets the strength to walk by crawling. He, he, it crawls until it's strong enough to stand up until eventually it's able to take its first steps. The babe in Christ is the same way. The Christian learns by doing. The Christian, we learn to sing by singing. We learn to pray by praying. We learn to study by studying. We learn to preach by preaching. And that's what Paul says. Paul says that growth means work. In Philippians 2.12, the Bible says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Paul was not saying that we needed to work our way to salvation because that would contradict everything Paul says in the Bible. What Paul is saying is we need to put an effort towards the Christian life. We can't just show up to church and expect everything to be okay. We can't just check it off the list. Oh, I went to church today. That's it. I'm good. Paul was telling the Philippians, you have always obeyed what I have told you, not only when I'm with you, but even more when I'm not. And that's who we need to be. That's, that's the kind of work we need to put in. As the old country song says, who are you when I'm not looking? And a requirement to grow is also we need to be in the right environment, in the right climate. Arkansas, a very beautiful state. I love it. But it is not the right climate to grow tropical plants. You can't, uh, it's not the right climate to grow bananas, to grow oranges, avocados, crops like these. They don't thrive here. Yes, they'll grow, but they won't thrive. The Christian in the wrong environment is the same way. It's easier to be spiritual when we're among brothers and sisters in Christ. It's difficult to be spiritual when we're around the world, around those that despise God. I mean, take for example King Solomon in 1 Kings 11.4. Solomon was told not to mingle with other nations. Because they, they would have him turn away from God. But Solomon didn't listen. He married with the other nations instead. It, the Bible says that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. 
And we pick up the reading in 1 Kings 11.4. The Bible says, For it came to pass when Solomon was old, and his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. Solomon was in the wrong environment, and he was turned away from God. So it is true when Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15.33, Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. We need to prioritize, we should prioritize godly relationships, just as David pointed out to us last week. We must put ourselves in the right environment in order to grow. Finally, in order to grow, time, time is needed, right? Time is required to grow. The Bible says in Hebrews 5.12, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, Neither a baby nor a Christian is born fully grown. Time is needed for growth and development. And it's easy to be anxious to know if we're growing. We can be as a little kid marking his height against the wall every day saying, Am I growing? Am I growing? But be not discouraged. Time is all that's needed. Because one day you'll look back and you'll see how much you've grown. And there will be evidence for that. For example, our fruitfulness. We are known by our fruits. The Bible says, uh, Jesus says in Matthew 7, 20, Wherefore by their fruits ye have known them. This is Jesus talking about the false prophets, of how you will know that they are false prophets. You will know them because of their fruit. Then he goes on to say that a corrupt tree cannot produce good fruit, and a good tree cannot produce evil fruit. They will be known by their fruits, and we will too. For a good tree produces good fruit, and a corrupt tree produces evil fruit. And we may not recognize this in ourselves, but other people will definitely notice our growth. I mean, what would you think of me if I was hateful, despiteful, angry, riotous, disruptive, using foul language, short-tempered? Would you think of me as a mature Christian? Would you even think of me as a Christian at all? If we live in the Spirit, we must walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5, 22, uh, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. It is joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. These are the fruits the Christian must possess. Remember, it takes time. A tree cannot be planted um, be planted the same year and expect to be producing fruit the next. Trees typically require some time. They require like two to five years to grow. There will be evidence in our love, in the way we love. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 3, 12, And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. A good way to identify a maturing Christian or a Christian in general is by the way they love their fellow man. Jesus said in uh, John 13, 35, By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. You see, people will know we're disciples of Jesus if and how we love one another. But not just those that love us, because it's easy to love someone who loves me back. It is hard to love those who are, 
who despise you, who hate you, who, who have hated malice in their hearts, who are just downright evil. But you see, that's who we ought to be loving more. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 44, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you and persecute you. This is how we'll know we are disciples of Jesus. So let love abound. Ultimately, evidence of growth will be our maturity in the faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 6, 1, Therefore, leaving, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go unto perfection, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. If I could summarize this whole lesson, it would be with this verse. In the previous chapter, the writer rebukes the brethren for not growing, for not maturing in their faith, that they're still needing to be taught the principles of, of uh, the Christian faith. But he says, let us leave the principles. Let us go on to perfection, to completeness, to maturity. We can't continue to lay the foundations every time we meet with you. We eventually have to get to the structure of the house, to the, to the frame, to the roof, to the siding. We need to put the meat on the bones of our Christianity. So let us, not focus on, let us focus on maturing in our faith and adding on to the foundation, not adding a foundation again and again. So today I challenge, I challenge you to better yourself, to grow as a Christian. If you allow me to boast foolishly for a second, I wouldn't be here speaking before you if a brother hadn't challenged me to set a spiritual goal, to, to be able to give my first lesson. It is because of that goal I'm able to be able to give lessons and speak to you, teach you the word of God. So challenge yourself to better yourself as a Christian. And there are many ways. Set goals for yourself. Write them down if you have to. I know there's studies about how writing down goals is much better for you than just saying them or thinking them. Challenge yourself to read, to study, and meditate more on God's words. Challenge yourself to pray more often. Challenge yourself to talk to someone. This is one of the challenges I'm doing for myself. I'm very introverted. If I, could, if I have to walk a mile around someone just to not talk to them, I will. But... I need to challenge myself to talk to people more spiritually, more about more spiritual topics. Challenge yourself to lead a study with someone. It doesn't have to be with anyone. It just can be with your wife, with your, with your husband, with your children, with anyone at all. Learn to, uh, challenge yourself to be more hospitable. Invite uh, brothers and sisters over to have dinner with you. Seek fellowship with one another. And ultimately, seek accountability with another brother or sister. But if you're not a Christian today, you have a completely different type of danger than not growing in your faith. You're in danger of dying in your sins. See, for all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God, and all sin eventually leads to death. You see, Christ died for our sins. He was buried and raised the third day just as we will be one day when we die. But that can all be changed by the water and the Spirit through baptism. And we can be raised up in the, as a new creature in Christ. As we close, 
As I conclude this lesson, I want to leave you with something to think about, a good little illustration about spiritual age. What if we can see our spiritual age reflected through our physical appearance? What if there were some kind of special glasses you put on and you can see the spiritual age of everyone here? You know what would happen out in the world? We would have these 70-year-olds just in diapers. We would have 30-year-old men walking around in canes, gray-headed. We would have these young teenagers in their late 30s and 40s. So I ask you, as we conclude, how would you look physically if your spiritual maturity were reflected by your physical appearance? The lesson is yours this morning. If you need help growing as a Christian, if you need prayers in any regard, come to the front row as we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Christ, send us a message at facebook.com slash cfcnwa. To find more sermons, look for us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and like our Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and God bless.